may be seated this morning. Welcome to the house of the Lord. We are so delighted that you're here. So thankful for the opportunity to be in the house of the Lord on this very warm Sunday that God has blessed us with to our online audience. We say a very special good morning to you and thank you for joining us and being with us today. And uh, we pray that you feel the presence of the Lord right where you are this morning. It is a joy today to have with us uh, some friends that we're going to bring to this platform in just a moment. And, uh, but let me, before I do that, remind you that tonight at 7 o'clock we will be back in this house uh, ready to worship the Lord. And I would love to see every one of you. Uh, we've got several people on the road today right now uh, or will be shortly. As soon as their service is in, they will be jumping in automobiles and driving. Some is already on the road. Uh, but we've got several pastors and, uh, and their families coming. Uh, but we would love to have you here to just uh, love on them and encourage them. Uh, so 7 o'clock tonight, you want to be in the house of the Lord. Following service tonight, we'll be fellowship in the fellowship hall next door. Uh, so and you're welcome to stay and be part of that as well. And then tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock, uh, back here uh, in service. So please... Uh, make every effort to be with us if you can. Uh, you will be encouraged. Just think you don't have to listen to me preach. You get to listen to new people, all right? And uh, so, uh, but Dr. Maisel Ely will do a great job tonight. Always comes with a word from the Lord. And then uh, uh, Brother Mickey Hale, Pastor Mickey Hale from Richlands, Virginia area. I don't think any of you have probably ever heard him, but he is a dear friend of ours as well, and he's a great man of God. And he will come with a timely word tonight as well. Much like the young man that we have today. And uh, this is my dear friend and uh, pastors in Water Valley, Kentucky. You won't drive by there. You will have to intentionally drive to there to get there, all right? Uh, but some of the greatest people in the world is in Water Valley, Kentucky, just past Paducah and that area. And uh, we have grown to love them. And uh, they have treated us so kind uh, we have been to their church multiple times, preached for them, and, uh, and him and Sister Emily and, uh, and the girls, uh, we just have grown to love, and uh, we are just thankful that they're in the house with us this morning. So as the children get ready in just a moment to go to class where they're going, their designated places, can you first make welcome to this platform with me, Pastor Marcus McClure, this morning. Amen. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Amen. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. If he's been good to you, why don't you just give God some praise. Amen. Amen. So good to be with all of you this morning. We thank God for you today. I want to thank the pastors of this house, Pastor Ron and Sister Debbie Russell. They are wonderful friends of ours. You are blessed. If, you, if you're blessed this morning, why don't you give your pastors a big hand this morning. Amen. You are blessed, I'm telling you right now. I've been around a lot of churches and a lot of preachers and a lot of pastors. I'm telling you, you're blessed this morning. The worship team, y'all are blessed this morning. Give your worship team a big hand this morning, amen. You're blessed. What an awesome job this morning. It is our honor this morning. I count it an honor and a privilege this morning to be able to stand. I do not take this lightly this morning. Uh, I do not uh, take it for granted. 
Uh, but I count it as an honor and a privilege to be standing here in this pulpit this morning in this house with you this morning uh, to worship with you. Now, uh, as you, you can't tell already, I'm a little country. Uh, uh, I'm, we, we are far in western Kentucky as you can go before you run off into the Mississippi River. And we're about 30 minutes from the Mississippi River. We're about uh, 10 minutes from the Tennessee line, about 35, 40 minutes from Missouri, and about 35, 40 minutes from Illinois. You can't, you can't get anywhere unless it takes you six hours to get there. Every, we're, we're a geographical oddity. We live six and a half hours away from everywhere. And so uh, we we just thankful this morning to be here at Connersville at PTC Ministries and uh, looking forward to tonight. Come back tonight, if you will, and just be in service with us uh, as we uh, worship the Lord together. You, won't, you will not regret it, I promise you. And uh, just, uh, I thank my church this morning for, or our church that we pastor at. It's not my church, it's God's church. I thank the Lord uh, this morning for all my people back there that are taking care of things and uh, making things happen while we're away. And uh, we thank God for them, all right? Amen. You love the Lord this morning? Amen. Good. I'm, we're, we're just thankful once again to be here. And I want to just preach to you now. I'm on Kentucky time. Is that Okay. Is that all right? That's an hour behind y'all. Y'all know that, right? Is that okay? Uh, so if I go past 12 o'clock, you can't be mad at me because I'm on Kentucky time. It's only 11 there. Uh, so uh, we're good, right? Uh, no, I promise not to try to keep you too long this morning. I've been praying and, and just uh, trying to search the Lord and His Spirit this morning on what uh, he meant to bring to you this morning, and I have struggled a little bit. I'm not going to lie, because I just wanted to be—I wanted to be on time with God, and I wanted to uh, bring something to you that was timely. Amen. How many of you know we need a timely word in this hour? How many of you know we need the power of God and the blood of Jesus like we've never needed it before in the day and hour we live? How many of you believe that we're on the verge of the second coming of our Lord and, and Savior Jesus Christ? How many of you believe that at just any moment Jesus could step out on the eastern clouds of glory and blow the trumpet and his people be called home? How many of you believe that this morning? So how many of you know this morning we need to be ready like we've never been ready? This is not a time to play church. Now, pastor told me to make myself at home, so I, I'm going to do that, all right? Uh, now, I, 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 sometimes they consider me a little old-fashioned back where I come from because I get excited. How many of you know that it's all right to get excited about the Word of God? The Word of God ought to excite you. And how many of you know that the Word of God offends? How many of you know that if you come to church and the Word offends you, that it's doing what it was designed to do? Because the Bible says that it's sharper than any two-edged sword this morning. And so if I say something this morning and you walk out of here upset, don't be upset at me, but go to the Lord and say, Lord, why was I offended by that Word? What is inside of me this morning that I need to take care of this morning? It's not about flesh and blood this morning, but it's about powers and principalities of darkness. How many of you know that we can't be the church today if we're not unified? If we're not in unity this morning, that we cannot do what God's called us to do. That's not my message. That's just for free this morning, and I'm going to get here into the meat and bones of things. How many of you know this morning that uh, all across the world, in most uh, governments, in most uh, places today, that there's somebody uh, that's above us in the government, and they're looking at different people and different groups of people that are uh, considered to be uh, a terrorist or somebody that might be 
against us. How many of you know that there's somebody doing that this morning? There's somebody this morning that is looking at somebody, and what are they doing? They are assessing what kind of threat they are. They're looking at them and saying, are they a threat to our country and to our government and to our ways? There's somebody out there this morning, you know, watching and looking and and, and searching and saying, is this person a threat to us this morning? How many of you know this morning that you're being assessed this morning by the enemy wanting to know if you're a threat to his kingdom? You are a threat this morning. You're being assessed uh, this morning on the, on the Spirit of God that's inside of you, that's living in you, on whether you are a threat to the powers of darkness and to the kingdom of hell this morning. He wants to know if you're going to try to disrupt. How many of you know this morning that we ought to be disrupting the powers of darkness? How many of you love to see Connorsville get on fire for God? How would you love to see revival break out where there was no church denominational walls uh, that people just come together into the house of the Lord. People begin to get saved, get filled with the Holy Ghost, begin to be delivered and set free from drugs and alcohol, begin to be set free from uh, adultery and fornication and homicide. How many of you would believe this morning that we serve the kind of God that can start that kind of revival in this place today? But I want you to know something. Uh, There's been an assessment of the threat of the church uh, and the devil has walked by and he says there's no need in worrying about the church today there's no worry to, no reason to worry about this person or that person I have assessed them and they are not a threat we have to move on how many of you know this morning that there's a problem in our churches today that the church is no longer a threat to the kingdom of hell What is a threat? A threat is a person or a thing that is likely to cause damage or danger. Are we a church today? Are you a Christian today that you're a threat to the devil? Or are you just idly passing by? You're just idly letting the enemy come and go as it pleases with him having no, and you taking no authority. How many of you know this morning that God has given us the authority over the enemy? He said, I give you authority and power over the kingdom of darkness. That they shall not prevail that if you would speak the very name of Jesus, that every demon in hell would have to flee. This morning are we a threat? We need to become a threat to the enemy. So what is a threat? A threat is a person or a thing likely to cause damage or danger. What happens when you are a threat? Go with me, if you will, in your Bibles to 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 6. We're going to begin reading in uh, verse 8. We're going to begin reading in verse 8. You're going to need to mark that page because we're going to read down to verse 15 that we're going to skip over to another book of the Bible, but you need to keep that because we're going to go back to 2 Kings there shortly after. What happens when you're a threat? 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 8 says this. I forgot to say something. Will y'all give me just a minute? I'm so thankful for my lovely wife and my children coming with me and being with me during this time. Isn't my wife beautiful? I love her. 
She's a wonderful woman of God. We are expecting our fourth baby. Guess what? It's a girl. I got three girls already, and I got a fourth girl on the way, Mavis Joel. She'll be here in August, uh, and we're just so thankful, amen. I'm so thankful for my beautiful children and my wife this morning, and I, 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 I made a mistake. I had to go back and correct that because I didn't want to, you know, Pastor, I didn't want to be in trouble this morning. I think the Lord will uh, help me to, to stay on track here with the anointing this morning, amen. So uh, I thank them today. But go with me to Second Kings chapter 6 and verse 8, and let's see what happens uh, when you are a threat. Here we find that the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such place uh, shall be my camp. And then verse 9 says, And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, uh, for thither uh, the Syrians are coming down. Verse 10, And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of and saved himself there, not once nor twice. Therefore, let the heart of the king of Syria. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and he said unto them, Will you not show me which of us uh, is for the king of Israel? So he was doing an assessment and he found out that he thought there was a spy in his own camp. But what he didn't know was the threat wasn't coming from inside his people, but it was coming from God. And now we're seeing this. We're seeing that the enemy is about to launch an attack because a Elijah is such a threat to the enemy's plan. I want you to know this morning that when you become a real threat to the enemy's plan, then you better get ready for an attack. You better get ready for the devil to show up at your house when you get home and try to cause trouble between you and your kids and your marriage and your workplace. That just means this morning that you must be doing something right because when you become a threat, the enemy comes in like a flood. Don't be discouraged. Don't give up. God has not left you. Just think about what God, how far God has brought you to this point. And if he's got you here from there, then he can get you even further. Verse 11 says, Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled. Verse 12, And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha. The prophet that is in Israel telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. Verse 13, he said, go and spy where he is. And it was told, saying, Behold, he was in Dothan. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city about. Verse 15. I will know. Let's stop right there at 14. How many of you know this morning that when you're a threat, that the enemy will send out a host, will send out an encampment of troops to come and encamp around you? Y'all see what it said there? When, they, when did he send them? At night, how many of you lay down at night and the enemy begins to come in like a flood? begins to attack your thoughts and your minds and you can't sleep. I'm going to tell you something. There's somebody here today that you've been struggling. You've been, you've been tossing and turning all night long because the enemy has been trying to defeat you in the nighttime. I, I want you to know something. You want to know why you're fat and fighting the, the battle that you're fighting this morning? It's not because you're failing. It's not because you're giving up. It's not because you're sinning. It's not because of any of that. I want you to know that why you can't 
can't sleep at night because the devil knows how big of a threat you are to his plans. Uh, the devil knows what you're capable of through God and it scares him to death. Therefore, he sends in the enemy uh, in the nighttime hours uh, to try to disturb you and keep you awake uh, so that you don't get no rest and you don't have any peace. Uh, I want you to know something. It's time that the church uh, becomes such a threat uh, that the enemy gets so terrified and so tore up, Pastor, uh, that he begins to tremble uh, when he hears the sound uh, of the people begin to come into the house of the Lord. Uh, he says, I fought them all week. Uh, I've tried to take them out all week long, uh, but still they get up and they come into the house of the Lord uh, and they lift up the name of Jesus. Uh, how many of you know this morning uh, that it's time we became a threat uh, to the enemy? Go with me to Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 4. Very familiar scriptures to most. Then the presidents. I don't know. I don't do I don't do it at my church, so I'm not going to do it here, but I will, I do, I do skim over it. Then the presidents. Yeah, can somebody say, oh me? I'll move on then. And the princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. I want you to know that the devil is looking for every re any reason he can to come against you. Some of you, you, it's been a struggle since you give your heart to the Lord. Some of you may hear this morning, maybe new Christians. Some of you here may be Christians, been Christians for 50 years. You've been saved for 50, 40 years. I don't know. But how many of you this morning can say it's been a struggle since the day that I give my heart to the Lord? I fought with the enemy just to keep my salvation intact, uh, just to keep on the right track because it seems like every time I start to make a way, uh, every time God starts to move in my life, uh, every time I begin to get a little worship built up inside of me and I begin to praise God a little bit the enemy comes in like a flood I, I don't even know what to do and I've barely made it sometimes I, I want you to know because there's a, a, an enemy there's a power that's coming against you that wants to find occasion against you concerning the kingdom but they could find none occasion nor fault for so much as he was faithful neither was there any error or fault found in him then said these men we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of his God then these presidents and princes assembled together the king and said thus unto the him king Darius live forever all the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes. Let's get with me down to verse 8. Now, O king, establish the decree. I want you to know there's been a decree established against God's house. Why? Because the enemy knows when God's people get in unity, begin to worship, Begin to pray. Begin to fast. Begin to show up to church every time the door's open. Begin to back the pastor and say, Pastor, we're with you. We're going to go where you go. We're going to follow you. We're going to do what the God's called us to do, and we ain't backing down. He begins to put out a decree that says, I shall cause division. 
I shall cause there to be a division in my How many of you know that the devil likes to subtract and divide? How many of you know that God likes to add and multiply? He'll bring in confusion to the church. Now, I might preach about some things. I'm just going to make some things real clear. Your pastor and I have not talked, so if I, if I say something that you're dealing with this morning, you just know that it's God, the Holy Spirit, and not him and I talking, okay? We don't talk about each other's problems, each other's uh, church issues. We don't do that. We're friends, and we, we are pastors together, and that is it. God help me. Yeah, okay. Y'all, y'all okay if I'm obedient with the Lord this morning? I've been praying and struggling, and we're going. We might just shift gears here for a few minutes. Is that okay? We become a threat to the enemy. He tries everything that he can, and we begin to attack one another. I, I, I've said this that. that I have a message that I preached, and I've not preached it in front of anybody uh, other than on live stream. I preached it during during COVID, during shutdown, and I, I prayed to ask the Lord if I could preach it today. But and he 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 didn't release me to preach it. But I feel like that I, I can bring out some points in it and tie it into this message about if we're a threat, what happens? We become a threat to this to the kingdom of the of the enemy. What he tries to do. How many of you know that when we're a threat to the enemy, that we begin to turn on one? He causes us to turn on one another, turn on each other, and when we turn on each other, we begin to commit spiritual murder. Anybody know what the sixth commandment is of the Ten Commandments? Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not kill. If you go, if you go over to Matthew, you don't have to go there, but you can write it down. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 and 22, we find that Jesus, he expounds on that, on that commandment. Uh, and he begins to talk about it to us. He begins to, uh, to talk about the sixth commandment and how it's just not a physical thing, but it's a spiritual thing. I want you to know that when church, when we become, when we become so on fire for God, how many of you want revival? You want revival? Lift up your hands. How many of you want revival? What is revival? Revival is a reviving, is a reviving of something that was dead, something that was lost. It's a rekindling of a fire that has gone out. How many of you want revival this morning in your church? How many of you want revival in your home? How many of you want revival in, in, in your schools? How many of you want revival in your children? How many of you want to see God? I want you to know something. There needs to be some spiritual CPR take place today and people begin to get revived uh, by the breath of the Holy Ghost. Uh, I want you to know we've committed spiritual murder in the church. How do we commit spiritual murder? We commit spiritual murder with the worst weapon that was ever devised. It's not a nuclear bomb. It's not some futuristic weapon. It's been around since the beginning of time. That weapon is the 
I stuck my tongue out at you. It's the tongue. The Word of God says that there is life and death in the power of the tongue. Church, we can't be a threat to the enemy if we're killing one another. Let me say that one more time. We can't be a we can't be a threat to the enemy if we're taking ourselves out of the fight with the words that we speak. And I want you to know something this morning that you may you may say, Pastor, you don't know how many times I've been murdered. No, I don't know how many times you've been murdered. I don't know how many times things have been said to you. But I want you to know something or upset about you. I want you to know something. You don't have to worry about those words because I serve a God that is a resurrecting God. And if you've been spiritually murdered this morning, I want you to know that he can resurrect you and you can rise up a new creature in Christ today and he can take you out of that place of death, out of that grave of death and lift you up this morning and change you so that you can once again be the threat that God has called you to be. So this church can be the threat that God's called it to be. He said, Now, King, establish a decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Verse 10 says, now when Daniel knew, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and he closed up the doors and he closed up the windows and he pouted and he gave up on God and he quit. And y'all must not know the story about Daniel. It's not what he did. Just because the enemy is attacking you doesn't mean that you failed God. How many of you know a lot of times when the enemy comes in and he attacks us, the first thing we do is we begin to doubt. We begin to fear. God, did you call me? God, are you, did, was you using me at all, God? When we don't recognize that it was an attack for the enemy. Daniel went into his house and he did the same thing that he did every day. He went and opened up the window and he began to pray to his God and say, God, they can do what they want to me. You've kept me this far. I know that you're not going to fail me now. So God, I'm going to keep trusting in you. Just because the enemy comes, don't stop trusting. How do you become a threat? You become a threat when you begin to live your life. You begin to line your life up with the Word of God. You begin to speak and pray godly things. You are a threat to the devil when you do uh, uh, when you do this and he wants to take you out. Uh, the devil is ready to take you out because you are a threat. Uh, because this, uh, uh, but, but know this one thing. Uh, know you have a power uh, and an authority on your side uh, that is greater than the enemy. Uh, you may be a threat and you may get thrown into the lion's uh, den 
nothing but just uh, hold on and don't give up. I want you to know because Daniel didn't give up and he held on to God. They throwed him into that old lion's den that he might be devoured by the enemy. He was a he was such a threat that they said we've got to do something and it's got it can't be nothing less than death. When's the church gonna get on fire for God, Pastor? When the world says, folks, we gotta do something about the church. They are not gonna be quiet. They are not settling for anything less than the power of God. When are you gonna become the kind of Christian that says I'm not settling for anything less than the power of God? That the enemy comes in and says, I've got to do something, I'll try to kill him. I want you to know that you're not going to die. You listen to me. You're not going to die until God says it's your time to die. He says it's appointed unto every man once to die and then the judgment. Who makes that appointment? The enemy doesn't make that appointment. God makes that appointment. He has set that time and that place. Uh, therefore he's given you another opportunity today to be what God's called you to be. Uh, don't waste that opportunity. Don't miss this moment uh, because I want you to know something. There's a day coming uh, that no man knoweth the day nor the hour uh, that Jesus is going to step out on the eastern cloud of glory. Uh, don't be standing idly by uh, but be so sold out to God that says that the world says I had to do something about him. Get him out of here. People were so upset over Daniel and his worship and his prayer. I remember Pastor David Gibson telling a story. Some of y'all may know him. You may not. Pastor David Gibson's a wonderful man of God. and He was preaching a message about his mom and how she was a a powerful woman of God, he said she prayed, and she prayed every day at home. He said the people would come, could walk down the sidewalk, and they could hear her praying from inside the house, speaking in tongues, shouting and giving God the glory. When are we going to get so sold out, church, and so on fire for God that we become such a threat that we don't care who's walking by? We don't care if we're in the freezer aisle of Walmart. Somebody says, will you pray for me that you just lay hands on them right there in the middle of aisle 13 uh, in the pickle aisle and say, I just command this thing right now in the name of Jesus to leave. We become, we become, we become weak. And because we're weak, we're no longer a threat to the kingdom of darkness. Had a lady back home. We was standing in Walmart in the freezer aisle. She said, Pastor, I just, I need you to pray for me. And normally I, 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 I've, been, I've been guilty of being weak. I'm a pastor, but I'm also a man. And the Lord said, pray for her. I looked around I said, here? This is Walmart. I mean, there's the Texas toast and the breadsticks and the cheese sticks. I mean, you right here? I mean, we ain't got no worship music playing. We ain't got no people in suits and ties. We ain't got nobody, you know, we ain't got nobody playing soft music for us. You, you want me to pray for her right here? God said, pray for her. I looked at her. I said, let's pray right here. She said, okay, sounds good. I want you to know I didn't go, 
Amen. But I took her by the hand. I took her by the hand and I said, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, God, we command this thing, Lord, that's had a hold of her, that it leave right now. God, we take authority over it. We need some folks that get on fire for God, become such a threat to the enemy that we'll stand in the freezer aisle. We don't care who's watching and pray for somebody. We become a threat. And when we, we, when we become that threat, we, we start to recognize and say, okay, well, the enemy's coming. So when we, when, when we know that there's a threat, what do you do? You prepare for that threat. How do you prepare for that threat? You begin to pray and bind up. How many of you know that you can pray and bind up Satan and his, his devices right now? The problem is we just let the devil just march on in. And we're all like, hey, Satan, good to see you today. Glad you showed up. We, we knew you was coming, but uh, you, want, let's, you want a seat? Here, let's get you a chair. Someone, come on, it's okay. Just come, sit. You can some, just come sit next to me. And we let the devil stay. How many of you know this morning that we need to become such a threat that the devil knows, look, you go into that place, you're going to leave there black and blue. You go to that home, I'm going to tell you something. You walk into that house, you're going to get beat up. Don't go there. I want you to know something. I want the power of God in my life so strong. And I want God to be so, so built up inside of me that the devil, when he walks by my house, he goes by real slow. I want the power of God to be so strong in this house uh, that when the devil comes by, he begins to tremble uh, because the power of God uh, lives here uh, and dwells in this house. We're no longer a threat. Why are we no longer a threat? Because God is no longer welcome in this house. Huh. Verse 10 of Daniel chapter 6 says this. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber towards Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Then these men assembled and found, when was the last time you was found praying? You know, we want to be so many things in this world. We want the world to see us. It's so many. You know, we, we, we want to be, we want the nicest vehicle. We want the nicest car. You know, we, we want the nicest house. We want the nicest shoes. We want, we, you know, we got to have the AirPods and we got to have the iPhones and we got to have, you know, everything has got to be way up here. But when, when's God going to get way up here that we be found serving the Lord with all of our might and all of our glory, that our young people be turned back to God that our nation be turned back to God and begin to serve the Lord and begin to pray and cry out to Him once again. When was the last time you were found praying? Making supplication before God. If you go down to verse 19, you find this. They threw Daniel into the lion's den. The king, he was he tossed and turned all night because he knew he'd messed up. I want you to know 
You might have been thrown into the lion's den. You may feel that all hope is lost. But I want you to know that God has not forgot you. Just keep praying. You know what I think Daniel did in that lion's den? That doesn't say what he did. There's many pictures and and, and depictions of of what he did. But this is what I like to think that Daniel did. The moment Daniel stepped foot in there and he said, Devil, I know that you've come to kill, steal, and destroy. But what I've got is not yours to take. And I take authority over you in the name of Jesus. In the name above all names. I stand flat-footed and I look you in the eye and I say today is not your day to have the victory over me. But today is the day that my God has the victory over you. Now y'all going to think I'm crazy, but I, I, I think those lines probably went to heaven. You want to know why I think that? I, I, I believe Daniel preached to them. And them, them, them lions couldn't do nothing but get saved. They had to give their heart to the Lord that day. And they, I want you to know they, they probably served God the rest of their lives. They probably, ate another, they probably never ate another person. The taste for humans left them. Why? Because they were more of a threat with God in them than they ever were when the power of death was in them. I'm going to tell you something. That'll preach pretty good. You're more of a threat when there's the living God inside of you than when there's spiritual murder inside of you. You'll understand something this morning, that this battle is not against flesh and blood. Look to your left. Your left. My, 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 your left, my right. You're right, my left. Yeah, look over the other way. You see that person sitting next to you? Y'all, y'all didn't know. Y'all was like, I, something like, I hope this church got good insurance. I just got whiplash. You, this is not against your neighbor. I don't, I don't know what, I, I know the devil's probably used them, a thought against them towards you. But you need, to, you need to know this morning that this is not against your brother and sister in Christ. It's deeper than that. It's more than that. It's not them. It's the powers of the enemy. Why? Because there's been an assessment on your life. And the enemy says, I know that if they ever get the kind of spirit of God inside of them that's capable of getting inside of them, that they will be damaging to my kingdom. I've said this before, and I believe it. I, I think, Pastor, that some of, the, some of the, the people with some of the greatest callings sometimes fight the worst battles. Why? Because the enemy knows what kind of threat you are. There's been an assessment of your threat level. And the devil knows that if you give your heart to God today, that you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna devour his kingdom. Therefore, he's still right now, he's battling you. You've already contemplated getting up and leaving this service this morning. 
You've contemplated. You contemplated not even coming today. You, you didn't even know why you showed up today. You said, I don't even know why I'm going today. I don't even want to be there. You're here because God said, I've got a word for you today. That I'm bigger than any devil that's in your life. And that the devil knows what kind of threat you are. But if you let me in today, I will move through you. The devil doesn't want that to happen. You, can, can, I, can, I, can I go, Pastor? You've been thinking about leaving this church. I, you know, nobody said nothing to me. I just got here last night. And I've been in my hotel room since I got here. You've been thinking about leaving this church. I want you to know there's been a threat assessment on your life. And the devil knows that if you'll ever get connected with this pastor and with this ministry, he knows what kind of threat you are to his kingdom. Therefore, he's come in and he's spoken these words uh, into your heart and into your mind. Uh, and you said, I'd just be better off if I left. Uh, nobody there loves me anyways. Uh, I want you to know this morning that God says, uh, I love you uh, and I need you in this fight. Uh, I need you in this battle uh, because you have the power of God inside of you. I've called you for an hour such as this. Don't quit now. I told y'all I was on Kentucky time. Woo. Mm. It's only 1049 back there. Huh. Maybe I shouldn't tell them what time it was. They might not have known. I was in Kentucky, I wouldn't have had to worry about that. They'd all had their shoes off going, one, two, three. No. That was a joke. <laughs> Careful, I got let's reel it back in. <laughs> the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste under the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel, and the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continue, continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Then Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God, somebody say my God. I want you to know something this morning. You may have been thrown into the den of lions this morning. You may have been left for dead. But this morning you can lift up a voice and say, My God has delivered me. I am a threat to the kingdom of darkness. God has called me this day. He said, Then the king arose where he cried with a loud voice. Then said, Daniel, unto the king, O king, live forever. Verse 22 My God has sent an angel. My God has sent an angel. God will send his armies to eliminate the enemy. Get ready. Victory is coming. If you read throughout the Bible, you'll find many people that have been a threat to the enemy's plan and the enemy come against them. God stands up for us. The enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Go with me. I told you to mark your place other in 2 Kings. Let's go back to 2 Kings uh, uh, chapter 6 and uh, verse 16. Let's start reading right there. Verse 16 says this, and he answered. You know, we just read about this. We found out that the enemy had come in and had surrounded them during the nighttime. I want you to know something. Verse 16, there's a 
turn around. And he answered, Fear not. And they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed, said, Lord, I pray thee, open the eyes that they, I'm going to say they this morning, that they may see. They may see. They may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire around about Elisha. I want you to know this morning my prayer is this, that you realize that God has called you today. God wants to save you today. God wants to deliver you today. And that he'll open up your eyes and you'll see that there's more for you than there are against you in the name of Jesus. And that you'll be delivered from the fear. Listen to this. The enemy does not care about your past. He doesn't care about your past. You want to know what you're you're a threat to? He wants your future. He does not attack you because of what you did or who you were or how you lived in the past. He attacks you because of what you are about to do. He's attacking you because of what you're about to do. I'm here to encourage you this morning to stand strong, to keep fighting. Young people, keep praying. Keep serving the Lord, being on fire for God. If nobody else joins you, if, if, the, if none of the adults come, we didn't, but so be it. I want you to know my young people back home are so on fire for God. They're hungry. They're, I want you to know that 7 o'clock this morning, I had about three to four teenage boys. I'm talking about from 15 to 16 years old. Uh, we're at that church at 7. I wasn't even there today. They were there at 7 o'clock this morning. Uh, oh, no, they wasn't just playing and, and just in there hopping around and jumping and high five and know but they were in there interceding for the power of God to fall in that house that the lost might be saved that the sick might be healed that those that need deliverance would be delivered I want you to know folks y'all listen to me uh, 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 how do I say it so nobody gets offended uh, uh, my um, my who grown ups yeah that works. Thanks. See, that's why I love her. She always saves me. Listen to me, grown-ups. If you don't go, they're going to go. Let me say that one more time. If you don't go, they're going to go. With you or without you. I'm going to tell you something. You might say, well, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm past my prime. I, I got an 84-year-old man in my church just, just give his heart back to the Lord about three to four months ago. 84. 84 years old. And I want you to, you, you want to know what drives that man and calls him and pulls him to church? Our young people. 84 years old, and he gets up there, and he stands with his hands lifted up, and he cries like a baby when he sees those young people worshiping the Lord. You know, when did it become such a problem that the young people come to church and not go to the club? I done gone to meddling. I better get back to preaching. If you're a real threat to the enemy, you can be sure to expect a battle. But because you're a threat... You got God on your side, you can also expect 
victory. Hey everybody, Pastor Ron, I pray that today's message and program has been just a great blessing to you. And I just uh, am so thankful that we had the privilege to come into your home today or wherever you may be watching. I would encourage you to uh, continue to follow us. We're on all of the major social media platforms. Uh, we have podcasts that you can follow us with. I would encourage you to reach out to us and let us know. Our information's on the screen. And uh, if we've been a blessing to you, please contact us. Let us know. And we look forward to sharing the word of the Lord with you again uh, next time. God bless you. We'll see you soon.